Hey, all you great and gorgeous goblins. Uh, just a note, we're planning on releasing episodes of the Goblins and Growlers podcast bi-weekly for the time being, but we got plenty of content ready to go weekly. We just don't have time to edit it. If we were able to get the Patreon a bit higher, wink, wink, we could pay a part-time audio engineer to edit these episodes for us and turn them around faster and get you weekly content. So, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but <coughs> patreon.com slash goblinscrowlers. <coughs> Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Josh. Oh, God, it's 1245. Good afternoon, Brandon. I was just going to roll with it, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Goblins and Growlers podcast. I'm Brandon Dingus. I'm at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. And I'm Josh Maltby at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Josh, what are we talking about today? Today, we have a very special topic. Uh, we are talking about lasers and feelings reflavors. In particular, the Lasers and Feelings Reflavor Boy Problems, which is a Carly Rae Jepsen-themed Lasers and Feelings module, which, yeah, oh my god, I'm so excited about. But to start things off, just in case anybody watching or listening is unfamiliar with Lasers and Feelings, it is a super rules light system. Basically, you have two statistics. You have lasers and you have feelings. And you pick... Uh, how high you want your lasers or feelings to be, and then you roll d6 based on the the two skills. And the idea is it'll be like a Star Trek adventure. And if you're doing Kirk-esque things, then you're rolling feelings. And if you're doing Spock-esque things, you're rolling lasers. So if you're shooting, if you're shooting a phaser at something, or you're making like technological decisions, or you're trying to think logically, that's all lasers. If you're using your emotions, or you're brawling, or you're trying to convince someone that you actually are a good guy and you're not here to steal all their stuff, those are all feelings. So it's it's this really cool system that takes like 15 minutes to learn. And then you can play whatever adventures you want to play with very, very little prep work involved. Yeah, I've never actually, I don't think, sat down and played a Lasers and Feelings game. I know um, you for that, like we put together an educational module for a school in Florida last year. And I know as part of that, you and uh, Sharon developed... Uh, like sort of a lasers and feelings offshoot that would work as sort of an educational tool. Yeah, we wanted it to be a little more high fantasy, so we called it Brains and Brawn. And it's the same basic concept, you know, for your for your sneaking skills and for your ability to open doors and your logical thinking and, you know, using magic, those are all brains. Where if you're running and jumping and swinging a sword and, you know, trying to convince people to come over to your side, those are more brawn based. Mm -hmm. um, so have you have you ever sat down and played through any Lasers and Feelings games aside from that one? I other than that one, uh, not really. No, like I've I've sat down and kind of played with the concept a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. but running that game was the first time that I've actually like spent time with the system itself. Yeah. Like I've, uh, you know, the, the thing about it is 
the, this is the great thing about it is it's free and it was released under Creative Commons. And even on the rules, it explicitly talks about how like this format is open for hacking and remixing. So basically you have license to do whatever the heck you want with it. So I've played around with it a little bit. Like I tried to make it a little more Star Trek specific last year when I was just sort of fooling around with it. And I had sort of like mixed success with it, but I also didn't like enter into like a full dev mode with it where I really (laughs) wanted to try to like, I really wasn't super bent on making it work, but I do see a lot of the potential for it uh, and the flexibility to kind of do whatever. But I think it was last year when I just happened upon um, boy problems. Uh, I think it was like on an itch.io sale or something like that, that I really started to understand just like how far you could stretch this. Like this system is basically like a thing of Play-Doh that you can just keep pulling out and moving in different directions. Oh yeah. But, but yeah, but yeah, I've never actually sat down and played it before. I would like, I've wanted to get a game of boy problems going for a while, but I just like never have, I've never made the time for it. Um, real quick, since it is part of the agreement with lasers and feelings, if you're going to remix it, you're going to take it and rip it apart and put it back together as something still lasers and feelings, but distinct. Um, they really just ask that you credit John Harper, who's the creator of lasers and feelings, Mm -hmm. uh, the Boy Problems remix was written and designed by Colin Cummings. And then there's some beautiful art that comes with it. If you look at the uh, itch.io page for it, that is made by Gabby DiRienzo and Saffron Aurora. So I wanted I wanted to kind of get that out towards the top. Yeah. Since that's that's kind of the big thing with lasers and feelings is everybody everybody should get credit for the work they're doing. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't even realize until today that lasers and feelings has actually been around since... Um like 2013. It's been a little while. I think the first time I remember hearing about lasers and feelings, I want to say it was used in a bonus episode of the adventure zone. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is sort of the difference maker for lasers and feelings uh, in terms of like what makes it more appealing or, or less appealing than any other system somebody could use? Well, so the big thing for me is that you and I are very familiar with one page dungeons where you Mm -hmm. create an adventure that fits on one page. Lasers and Feelings is a one page rule set. You can print the entirety of the rules for running a Lasers and Feelings game on a single sheet of eight and a half by 11 paper. And that means if you're going to be at a convention or if Mm -hmm. you're going to be, you know, traveling already with a lot of gear and you want to sit down and play some tabletop RPGs with friends, but your friends are like, oh, well, I only really know uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars. Oh, I only really know GURPS. Oh, I only really, you know, like all of them have different systems that they play. They don't really know (laughs) each other's systems. I like how you pick two of the most (laughs) complex ones to talk about there. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing is, I know for a lot of people, one of the barriers to getting into other tabletop systems is they have the system that they know, and the Mm -hmm. system they know is plenty complex to keep track of, K-thanks. And then you start talking to them about other systems, and they're like, I don't know, man. I don't want to learn another 50 or 60 pages worth of rules content, and then have another 100 pages of rules content that I might reference on a regular basis. Like, that sounds like such a nuisance. Yeah. Where... Lasers and feelings, it's an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. You can pass that around while you're having people set up characters 
and everybody can be on the same page ah, in a matter of minutes. In a matter of minutes, you can have everybody ready to play a game. And I think that's part of the beauty of rules light systems is that they're very flexible and they're very easy to sit down and teach everyone much in the same way that some of the most classic board games are. Yeah. You know, GURPS has, you know, famously complex, perhaps overly complex rules to it. They have GURPS light, which is maybe like, I can't remember because it's been a while since I've looked at it, but it's maybe like five pages of rules and that's about it. It might be a little more than that, but apparently that even that wasn't simplified enough because there's also <laughs> GURPS ultralight, which I think is like one or two pages. And I just really wonder like, how much of the system can you be learning in that situation if you've boiled down two books of core rules, basically, into a couple of pages? Yeah, I don't. I assume that what they've done is created a more flexible system. Yeah. Uh, in much the same manner that Lasers and Feelings is a very, very flexible system. I would say that is one of the downsides to Lasers and Feelings is that it relies on the players in the DM to get really creative with what they're doing. When, when you don't have a comprehensive rules system, it's very easy to go, well, uh, this is the thing I would like to do. And then you spend the next 10 minutes deliberating at the table about whether or not that thing makes sense as one thing or the other and whether or not. Because one of the rules in Lasers and Feelings is you pick a you pick like a background, like a story for your character mm -hmm. and a specialization. And if the role applies to your background and your specialization, then you get more dice that you can roll to succeed with. Right. And so people are going to be constantly trying to get as many dice as possible on really important roles. And, you know, like, oh, well, my character was a, a cooper, like they made barrels. And it's like, OK, well, but like you guys are trying to build a bridge. Well, bridges are kind of like barrels, if you think about it. And it's like <laughs> maybe if they built a wooden tunnel that went across the river. <laughs> we just need to build a bridge that is a large tunnel. That's really no different, no more different than like playing D&D. &D and you're like, somebody wants to like scurry up a mountainside and you're like, hey, give me an athletics check. And they're like, but acrobatics, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yes, the difference, the difference in my mind is that you are at that point deliberating between athletics and acrobatics, and those are both very solid pieces of established rules in D&D, &D, where mm -hmm. you can go, okay, well, in the book, it says about athletics, it says like this paragraph of things. And in the book about acrobatics, it says this paragraph of things. And based on that, I think it's I can be comfortable ruling this for this situation mm -hmm. where lasers and feelings. They're like, ah, eh, figured out. You got this. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, it might, it might be sort of my, my bias as how I've come up playing tabletop role playing games, but I feel like something that's like super rules light, like, uh, like your lasers and feelings or something like that requires like at least at the very least, uh, maybe a more experienced GM to run it. Somebody a little bit more familiar with making sort of adjudications on things like that. Yeah, I think I think a new GM could sit down and play lasers and feelings. But I think a new GM playing lasers and feelings will run into those problems where it's like, all right, how do we how do we come to a conclusion about these decisions? Do you want to be the GM who D&D &D style goes, look, at the end of the day, what I say goes. And if mm -hmm. you don't like that, you should not be playing at my table or 
are you willing to have those like arguments about what does and does not make sense for the rules as they are? I only play lasers and feelings rules as written, which means nothing <laughs> happens. <laughs> uh, even listening to the episode of the Adventure Zone where they played it, I remember there being a couple of moments where people were trying to make cases for things and the GM had to be like, no, <laughs> this is this is how it is. Mm -hmm. And those are professionals who had been professionally podcasting for over a decade at that point, I think. So like any <laughs> anybody could fall prey to this. Mm hmm. So um, let's run through uh, just sort of the, the general milieu of boy problems right now. Oh my because God, it's, yes. It's very ridiculous. I've got the quick, quick play rules up. I actually, um, I would encourage everybody to do this. I bought the, um, the, it's like six pages to buy the whole thing. And it was like seven fifty when I bought it last year. I might've bought it on sale, but at twice that price, it is, just, it is a hilarious bargain for the fun you could get out of it. I'm looking at the page right now and it says buy now for $7. Okay. That was regular price then. But uh, the quick play rules uh, is just, you know, one page to just sort of get you rolling on things. And uh, I love the, like the intro paragraph for it. It's uh, it says it is many years into the future. A wealthy and powerful person or persons has claimed a rare and much sought after prize. The vault of 200 unreleased parentheses. This is real songs from renowned Canadian pop artist, Carly Rae Jepsen parentheses CRJ. Hired by an anonymous sponsor, your team of highly trained individuals will raid a well-defended location to retrieve said item. And, you know, the art the art on Boy Problems is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And on the one-page rule thing, it even has a screen grab of a tweet where it says, Carly Rae Jepsen says she has about 200 unreleased songs in a vault. And then it's got a picture of her. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you can latch onto one minor detail of life, and turn something turn something into a game from it. I think that's <laughs> that's perfect. So so the game is played like a heist. Um, mm -hmm. My reading of it is that your your setup for the game is a little bit more structured than if you were just playing like a vanilla lasers and feelings kind of situation. Uh, you have to choose a style for your character, and this is the kind of stuff like are they like a dangerous person? Are they brooding? Are they like a charismatic person? That kind of thing. Uh, then you choose basically the character class, which is a role. You can be the fixer, the driver, the muscle, the inside man, the hacker, the leader, the grifter, and the new kid. So basically it's Ocean's Eleven and all the uh, all the different archetypes that are in there. Yeah. So just real quick, the thing I love about the way this is set up most of all is that your your character archetype is based on heist movies. And mm -hmm. then who, like what, how your character behaves like as a person is based, I'm pretty sure on Carly Rae Jepsen lyrics. <laughs> and so they took these two things and they were like, this is, that's, we're just going to marry this concept. It's going to be amazing. I think, I think you're right. And I didn't even think of that before. But that, <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. My only real experience with Carly Rae Jepsen songs is the Carly Rae Jepsen DMX mashup of uh call me maybe <laughs> oh my god which is great <laughs> um then it goes into the usual like pick your number stuff from lasers and feelings pick your number from two to five your laser number your feelings number then you have to give your character a cool heist name 
Uh, and then it talks about your every character starts with uh, uh, an outfit of your choice, an earpiece to communicate with your team, and a concealable one-shot taser gun. And then every each roll gets a different bonus item. Like the hacker gets like an, an auto-hack device, which is uh, just a nice deus ex machina. Uh, the driver gets keys to a getaway vehicle. The fixer gets a laser blowtorch, etc., etc. Um, player goal to successfully pull off a heist or to have fun unsuccessfully doing it. <laughs> and then each character gets a personal goal, uh, steal an item of uh, great value, break into a secure location, get into a fight, trick or seduce someone. Uh, or you can set up like, uh, your own custom character goal for your character. So it, it does provide a really solid like framework for developing your character quickly. And then you also get to create your um, getaway vehicle. Uh, and it can be like fast or nimble, have a cloaking device, uh, etc. And um, you also get to pick one problem for it. Like, is it noisy? Is it stolen? Is it prone to breaking down? Does not everybody fit in it like a clown car or something like that? Uh, and then you just go from there. You know, I was looking to see if I had... This is not the computer that I bought the uh, like the actual rules on, so I don't have like the full on thing. But it leads you through a page of uh, uh, like setup, like what the studio looks like, where everything's at the vault and everything like that. It's just it's very generic heist in its execution, but the um, Carly Rae Jepsen patina on it makes it just one of the more strange things you're going to sit down and read, and it's it's just great. It's so amazing, and I love it so much. There's also a Spotify playlist for it. Oh, as well there should be, mm -hmm. for all of your Carly Rae Jepsen heist needs. <laughs> the good news is that uh, once you've played Boy Problems, you and the team of people you've played with are now prepared to enact your real-world heist of Carly Rae Jepsen's 200 uh, unreleased songs in her vault. <laughs> This is really just training. Yeah. One of the things <laughs> that I really appreciate about um, Lasers and Feelings games is how it's like everything is just predicated on D6s, which is something that almost literally everybody has lying around. Um, that's something that I'd really like to try to do a little bit more is design some design some games that are reliant on stuff like D6s or playing cards or things like that. Just something that you are going to find in just a random house. So if somebody wants to get into doing like tabletop role playing games or something like that, they can do it without a huge lift on investment of any kind of like physical materials or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think, I think something with that, if you're not familiar with it already, powered by the apocalypse is a 2d6 system. That's mm -hmm. really, really common and has a ton of different hacks for it as well. Um, there's like Monster of the Week, which is kind of like a, a show like Supernatural or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm -hmm. where there's a there's a different supernatural creature that's terrorizing the local populace and you're going to go fight it. Yeah. Talking about Adventure Zone, they ran, I think, what was it? Their second season on, yeah. um, on that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, Powered by the Apocalypse is not just that, though. There's, I think there's something like 40 or 50 different systems that are all based on that. The one I'm most familiar with is Worldwide Wrestling, which came out like <laughs> seven or eight years ago. And it's like a really, it's a really solid wrestling role-playing game. There are some things I don't like about it, uh, but it's, it's pretty fun. 
gee, Brandon, I I don't know that I would have ever known that you'd be familiar with a wrestling system in a in an RPG. It's it's got it's, it's so got unusual. some cool it's got some cool expansions to it as well, like for like luchador wrestling and stuff. Yeah, I think I think absolutely we should be expanding on d6 systems because mm-hmm. if you have if you have a copy of monopoly in your house you've got 2d6 baby yeah <laughs> yeah i just i i really i really love lowering barriers to entry and if you can you can give out free rules and that's great but then somebody still has to go buy some dice uh you know polyhedrals or something like that whether it's like a d10 system a d12 system or just your standard d20 system or something like that so anything right. you can do that relies on d6s is beneficial because it acts as it can act as sort of a gateway drug on getting people involved with things. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think I know a single person who does not have at least two D six somewhere in their house. Yeah. Yeah. So like if there's, if there's one lesson to be taken away from like boy problems or just general, like the lasers and feelings genre, it would be like, let's try and focus on that a little bit more. Like there's, there's still always going to be a place for like, polyhedral die with all kinds of different sides and everything like that but we really should be focusing on getting more people in the hobby and to do that it seems like it's just a good move to make materials more accessible in addition to like rule sets and stuff like that yeah i think i think for me the lesson to take from boy problems would be accessibility absolutely um, but also don't be afraid to do something that's really off the wall bananas because that's, that's going to be a ton of fun to write. And you're, you might very well turn out like something like boy problems where you have your own cult following because there's all these people that are like, oh my God, I never considered that this is exactly what I needed in my life until. Yeah. The best way to get a really <laughs> dedicated following is to find something incredibly niche and exploit it. you just have to you just have to find a way to get that concept in front of other fans like yourself Mm -hmm. absolutely so is this like on a scale of like one to ten would this be like the like weirdest system that you've run into system or setting the weirdest system or setting i've run into i'd say i'd say oh it's probably at least an eight you know, it's it's got to be up there because this is really bizarre and really baffling. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think I'm trying to think if I know of anything that's more ridiculous than that. And I think the problem I'm running into is that I have enough imagination to be like, I'm sure I could come up with something wilder than this, something that's even more bizarre and incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I've actually run into anything that anyone's published that I have then seen and been like, oh, my God, what is this? What is happening right now? I can think of two, and they're not, like, really high up there on the crazy scale or anything like that. But the first one is that worldwide wrestling game that I was talking about that's done by Power by the Apocalypse. Oh, well, it's not done by them, but it's on that system. But um, the weird thing about that one is how other players are incorporated into like wrestling matches because the game relies on sort of uh, narrative exposition of how wrestling matches are going and it's supplemented by roles so a lot of the time you're only going to have two players if you've got like four or five players at your table only two of them may be 
in the ring together at the same time. So the game employs the other players at the table as the announcers calling the action. Oh my uh, God. To, to keep them involved in it. And I think that's great if you have some real like wrestling fans who are playing it, who can go like full on like Jerry, the King Lawler or, or, you know, J.R. Jim Ross, uh, like as God is my witness, he's broken in half, uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. But if you're just trying, like, it's absolutely not a game that you want to try to get somebody started playing role-playing games on because it's like the intersection of a very, two very specific interests. It's the narrowest of Venn diagram overlaps. So I think it's strange just in that it relies on that. So you got to make sure anybody you have playing that game likes wrestling enough to be able to ape wrestling announcers and B, likes tabletop role-playing games enough to want to play a wrestling flavored tabletop role playing game. It does make me wonder how, like what that Venn diagram looks like. Cause it's obviously there is overlap and it's not insignificant. It's just a question of like how much overlap. Cause the people yeah. I knew growing up who were really deep into wrestling were definitely not tabletop types. They mm -hmm. were, they were like, give me my, my mortal Kombat and my NBA GM uh, and those those nerds with their pens and paper can stay over there. I imagine that environment has changed significantly since I was a child, not least of which because tabletop gaming has become more accessible and more cool. Mm -hmm. Also, wrestling has become a lot nerdier, too. Uh, True. There's the like the backstage information in wrestling has just become so democratized that sort of anybody knows what the, the machinations behind the scenes are. It's very much become like this nerdy insider pursuit. And you just have to go on like the squared circle subreddit to see that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you have a lot of prominent folks in the wrestling community who play tabletop role playing games like Xavier Woods, for example. He's probably the biggest name. But um, Ring of Honor, uh, a bunch of the wrestlers for that promotion have their own like semi regular Twitch TTRPG stream. I think AEW has the same thing. It's nothing that it's like endorsed by the company or anything but it's just it's wrestlers who are nerdy and are playing tabletop role-playing games i think i think there was something for some uh wwe wrestlers for a while on that too like i know xavier woods i think uh dm'd a game of like lost minds of fandelver for some wrestlers a couple years ago and it was on twitch that sounds right. And I think aren't some of the aren't some of the really big names in wrestling, like some of the people who've gone like Hollywood level now, mm -hmm. like I think uh, was it Dave Bautista? Yeah, who has a game with like family and friends. And it's like, what the what? Yeah, I think Dave Bautista <laughs> does. I'm I'm struggling to think if there's anybody else like, you know, the big like Hollywood D&D &D person that people used to always mention was like back in the day was like Vin Diesel. But um, oh, my God, that's right. I almost forgot about Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, but like he's been a clip, especially now that like Jeff Goldblum is going to be in that D&D game on that podcast. <laughs> like nobody, nobody cares about Vin Diesel's D&D &D anymore. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum playing is way more interesting. <laughs> they just need Jeff Goldblum and Vin Diesel in one room. And Jeff Goldblum can reprise his role as the master. And uh, Vin Diesel can just repeat his character's name over and over again. No, to get them in the same room, what you need to do is put both of them in the same teleporter pod. And then when they come out the other end, it'll be like Jeff Diesel or no. Vin Goldblum all merged no. together. Help me. 
On that note, uh, this has been uh, Lasers and Feelings and Boy Problems for the Goblins and Growlers podcast. I'm Brandon at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. And I'm Josh at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing and giving us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Especially early in the feed, subscriptions and reviews are super helpful for bringing new listeners our way. Thank you.